Today's episode of The Glue Guys is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. With fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing or ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, recommendation, or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. to the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello not really on key but still it doesn't matter none of that matters mike check us out on twitter <laughs> at bk glue guys check us out on twitch twitch.tv slash glue guys check us out on the athletic check us out on nets daily check us out all over the world because kyrie irving is going to play basketball very soon and kevin durant may be coming wow. back to the court at some point this season no one has said that yet, but I'm extrapolating. Brian, how are you? Wow, that's a fire take. You didn't bury the lead, not even a little bit today. Dude, this is an emergency pod. We haven't had an emergency pod in a while, but I felt like this feels like an emergency pod, even though this is actually the proper time for us to be potting. But the moment the news has hit us straight in the face, and we have to talk about this earth-shattering Nets news mm. that is out there in the ether. It could be that you just maybe got out of the shower or something. You look wet to me. It's, this feels like an emergency. It feels like you're sweating. You're in the boiler room. I don't know what's going on. Well, so you're fired I, up. I went for a run. Went for a run around the uh, block. I see. Good. Um, and I was checking out my Twitter while I was running, which is very dangerous because I'm on in a neighborhood that does not have sidewalks. So UPS trucks come screaming by. But I was mm -hmm. checking Twitter as I was running, and I'm seeing these updates about Kyrie Irving. I'm seeing that Kyrie Irving uh, is very, way more optimistic about his prognosis than he was just a few days ago talking about, and we'll get into all the news, but just we'll say he, he was positive. And I was excited about that positivity. But then as it kept going, now I'm seeing quotes from Kenny Atkinson, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, if you didn't know, talking about Kevin Durant progressing Ken fantastically. And Brian, let me ask you, do you know who Kevin Durant is? One of the best players in the world. I'm going to play basketball this season for the Nets. Brian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So do you want to just yeah, you want to so do a fugue excited. state there? Um, do you want to play the audio from Kenny just so that we can dissect his what level of uncertainty he has about this? Yeah. So we have um, this is Kenny Atkinson. She was asked specifically about because I think Kevin Durant was at practice today doing some individual drills, moving around, doing maybe more than reporters had seen him before so they asked Kenny Atkinson 
about Kevin Durant. And this is what Kenny had to say. I would love to give you, I, I, I know, I, I, I don't, you know, I'll talk to Aaron. Maybe I can give, give you more information on that. I, I, I will say he's progressing fantastically. Like, I, 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 I would just say that. I, 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 talking to him, talking to the performance team, came in and watched him yesterday you know do his do his exercises I mean you guys can probably see he's moving moving a lot better moving a lot more mm-hmm. you know and but 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 so that I use that cut from Brooklyn Nets Twitter account so that is in a full cut because there's a, another sentence and I got this from Alex Schiffer of the Athletic Nets beat reporter there's a sentence that followed after that which is probably the, the key, most key sentence of this whole Kenny Atkinson thing, which is Kenny Atkinson says, I don't want to get ahead of myself and get people mad at me for giving you more than that. Brian, okay, I know I'm being jokey and um, going over the line and being emotional and all this stuff, but in all authenticity, okay, what, what Kenny Atkinson said he could not contain himself to talk about the progress that Kevin Durant has made. He literally said he's progressing fantastically. Then followed up by saying, I would just say that. He he talks about twice within four-sentence phrase that he's afraid to give out more information than that because he doesn't want to get in trouble because the Nets are notoriously and sometimes um, infamously uh not they don't give out the best information with health information, which we've seen with the Kyrie Irving thing. But it, the essence of what Kenny Atkinson has said about Kevin Durant, this is the furthest that he's gone to talk about the progress of Kevin Durant so far this season. And he's literally saying, I don't want to get ahead of myself. What would getting ahead of himself be? Getting ahead of himself would be Kevin Durant looks like he's on the road to recovery this season. Again, I know my tone sounds like I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not being hyperbolic. This is this is probably happening, Brian. I'm just I'm don't be on the fence, Mike. Don't don't be on the fence now and if, give that a probably. If you say yeah, that this is happening, <laughs> <or> it, <laughs> it is happening. Kevin Durant is coming back this season. He's coming back this season. I don't care. I felt I felt it the entire time from the moment that he signed with the Nets, from everything that I've seen with him through all the research that I've been doing for my special series about Achilles injuries. I have felt that as long as Kyrie Irving was healthy and playing basketball, that as long as the Nets were a, one of the eight seeds in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, that Kevin Durant would come back. And this quote from our head coach, Kenny Atkinson, to me, doesn't confirm it, but it um, emboldens my belief. I believe Kevin Durant will come back this season. Brian, but what does Kenny Atkinson tell you? What, what do you get from him? What do you understand? Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. We've all been in a similar position. Everyone can relate to this. You're you're talking to media. You have a microphone thrust in your face, and you know that you're you're traipsing through a minefield of you know what your PR guy to your left is is going to allow you to say or not. But you know you get the goods. You're dying to say it because maybe there's a whole fan base full of thousands of people who are feeling disillusioned by the current product of whatever team you might be coaching. We've all been there. We get it, but. Um, I'm just kidding. That's very unrelatable. Um, <laughs> but there is, it seems to suggest that like he, I would love to give you, I know I'll talk to Aaron there. That first sentence for me is like the, like, I would love to give you the good news that I have about this, but I'm not going to. Well, so in uh, Aaron's um, just so everyone knows, Aaron Harris is Aaron is Aaron Harris. Who's the head PR person for the nets. He's the, the, the head honcho 
if you will, for which no one has willed that before. No one has willed him to be the head honcho, but he's the PR person who does control all the situations. You'll often see him on Yes broadcast. He sits like a row behind Iron Eagle and Sarah Kustak, like just off to the side. Um, when Kenny Atkinson's saying, I'll talk to Aaron, that's who he's talking about, um, which is why it's not like a medical trainer or something like that. But do you, do you feel, when you heard that, and when you read the quote, where do you place Kevin Durant's recovery and coming back this season? More likely, the same, obviously not less likely. You wouldn't place it at less likely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I've been locked in. I do want to address some some interesting things in the chat here. Um, some some important questions that are being asked. Would Please. you mind, Mike? Yeah. Yes. So, Cherboy, DJ Curfew DC says, guys, Beautiful. stop rushing KD back. Love y'all, but please stop reaching. Um, Mike, is there, are we, I'm shaking my you're, head. you're global media coastal elite. Yes, um, I've always been. And is, do you have a responsibility here that you're not honoring by, you know, putting out a click, potentially clickbaity title on your stream and podcast and talking about this? It, okay, so I want to address, there. there is a, like a, a segment of the Nets fan base that, and I forget the name, DJ Jazzy, DJ something. DJ Curfew DC, dog, get it right. Thank you. He is a part of the fan base that feels as if we should just game plan for next year and no one should rush back KD. Let's not put the pressure that the Warriors fan base and the Warriors organization put on Kevin Durant to return in the NBA Finals when he did, when he had that calf injury that he got against the Rockets. Let's not put that same pressure on KD to return. One, we're not putting that amount of pressure. There will be no way that we here at the Glue Guys, mainly me as Mike Smeltz, is able to amount to the level of pressure that KD felt to return to the NBA finals than he would to return to the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. But KD is his own guy. Um, he is hinted that he is on the path to recovery. I- I've mentioned this before, but his Instagram profile picture is of Sophie, Sophie Turner from one of the X-Men movies where she's Jean Grey, AKA Phoenix, AKA dark Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix Rise from the Ashes. He's playing into the narrative. He has posted videos of himself on Instagram rehabbing. Not an uncommon thing for an NBA player, but he is feeding into the narrative of him coming back potentially before than we believe. Um, I, 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 I think the the best way for Nets fan base to really understand this whole situation and to feel about the situation is to not expect Kevin Durant to come back this season and to not accept, expect him to be as a term I've used before. Durant ex machina, but I'm also um, an, an analyst and a journalist, Brian, and I will say that all the evidence that I've collected and all the evidence I've seen, Kevin Durant is on the path of recovery, and what I know about Achilles injuries, because again, this is, this is a defined fact that I got from uh, one of the leading uh, foot and ankle doctors in the New York City, and so if he's one of the leading ones in New York City, he's probably of the world because New York City is the best city in the world, is that if your Achilles is healthy, it is healthy. It's not like, um, I'm trying to think of like a, a comparable injury. It's not like Kyrie's shoulder impingement. But what we understand about Kyrie's shoulder impingement is that he will have shoulder problems for a while unless if he gets surgery. Kyrie himself said today, and we'll get to Kyrie later, that he will pretty much always have to keep stretching out his shoulder, doing shoulder exercises, shoulder routines, 
because through the rest of his career is what he said. Um, the Achilles, if you're healthy, if you're declared healthy, you are healthy. There isn't like, there isn't a progression of, oh, it'd actually probably be better to give him another four months. The only reason why you would give him another four months, meaning not to come back at the end of this season, but to come back at the start of next season, is because he, it, it, there's no point to it. There's no worth in putting him out there for two weeks. The the only, And there could be like a side injury because he's compensating for an Achilles. There could be, um, he could be, you know, the whole thing of like, you're trying to protect your Achilles, your right leg Achilles, so you may... Uh, pull a hammy on your left foot. You know, you're compensating, or left leg, I don't know, some BS like that. And Achilles is healthy once it's healthy. There isn't, like, a continued stretching and pulling thing that you have to keep doing. You don't have to moderate his minutes tremendously. It's not like he only can play five minutes. No, he can play basketball. If he's healthy, he's healthy. So that's a really wow. long wind of saying, we're not no, putting pressure coming... on Kevin Durant. I mean, you basically have... A... A degree in Achilles now. I mean, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. talking about this the other day. I don't think, you know, being a doctor is for me necessarily, but I would have liked to go and finish med school uh, just so that my takes on people's injuries, Nets players' injuries <laughs> could be grounded in, in something uh, substantial. An interesting question from Cherboy Sid Something on Twitch. A less than 100% Kyrie plus a playing himself into shape KD is not a title contender this year. What's the point? Now let's let's devil's advocate that, Mike. Um, yes. Do you do you think that's not a contender? A, B. If it's not, is there value in watching them play half of a season together where they're like, you know, a little bit banged up and doing a lot of stretching? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one, I'll address. I think there the momentum that would be gained by those two guys playing together for let's say a month of basketball you know, final few weeks of the regular season and then a few weeks in the playoffs, even if it only got them to the Eastern Conference semifinals, even if they only won round one together and then lost to, I don't know, the Milwaukee Bucks or something, whatever the matchup would be, you would gain momentum by those two guys playing on the basketball court together. You know what it would look like. It would give you all this tape and all of this uh, knowledge to learn from to base off of next year's system that you're going into. Uh, you would also get sort of like just like good vibe momentum going into next season. You would we would see as Nets fans, those two guys playing on the basketball court together, this dream that we've had for almost, you know, a year now to see those two guys play together. We would have seen it in front of our eyes. It would create real momentum around this team. Um, yeah. Would it would they be contending for a championship? Probably not. But the East is stronger than it's been. But there isn't um, a LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard type team. I know the Bucks are really good, and we could maybe talk about like, are the Nets better with KD and Kyrie versus you know the Bucks, uh, Sixers, and all that type of stuff. You know, there, there's like a five percent chance the Nets could maybe get to the to the finals if they had those two guys on the floor, and I would take a five percent chance. But like, do you think that there's if if those two guys are healthy? And they would likely not compete for a championship. Do you think there's value in putting them both out there at the Dude, end of the season? 100%. If you have a health, like, let's, I mean, I'm assuming that if Kevin Durant is playing, it's because he's healthy. Like, there's, there's, this doesn't, this hypothetical doesn't work if he's coming back semi, whatever. Um, but in a world where you're in the playoffs with those two players, you run that out. You see what, see what kind of magic, if you can catch lightning in a bottle, like 100%. Like you say, maybe it's 5%. I'd put it up higher. I'd put it at like, you know, just to get to a finals, I'd put that around like, I mean, there's only 
you know, Bucks and and the Sixers are the team that I think are like most averse to like if Embiid goes down or whatever, they have um, options there to still be competitive. I would I would say. Bucks are like pretty much tethered to the health of Antetokounmpo, which is fine because he's super healthy or whatever. But I'm just saying, like you know, crazier things have happened, um, as we saw in last year's finals. You just take, you run that out, you give it, you give it a look, see. And if nothing else, it's to build mojo for a super pivotal 2020-2021 campaign, Mike. Yeah, and and that's sort of like there's to me there's the only reason not to. Well, let's say Kevin Durant is fully healthy by March, mid March, right? So that would give him about a month left of the season or whatever it would be. Maybe only a few like only a few weeks. But if he is fully healthy, the only reason why you don't bring him back is if the Nets again, Kyrie's shoulder gets bad again, the Nets continue to kind of sputter without him. That maybe they're the eighth seed, but Kyrie's not playing basketball anymore. So if Kyrie's not on the floor, I don't see the value in then bringing Kevin Durant back because they really won't mount any kind of challenge. But if Kyrie's healthy, and Kevin Durant, we know then, is fully 100% healthy by that point. You have – I mean, not you have to. It's up to him. But also my other operating theory around Kevin Durant is the same person that put himself in danger to play in the NBA Finals, the same guy who basketball has always been sort of the safe haven for him. It's always been the place where, like, Twitter's, like, you know, his hell and basketball court <laughs> is his heaven – he is going to be drawn to being back on the basketball court. He has been so engaged as a teammate on the sidelines for the Nets this season. Completely, he was completely engaged even in games where the Nets are not playing all that well, uh, particularly. But he is still drawn to basketball, still drawn to being a part of this team. He he talked about how like how helpful he wanted to be, kind of almost be an assistant coach for this team this season he's going to have an urge to want to play basketball. Like, you know what's going to happen if he doesn't play this season? If he's healthy and doesn't play the season, the minute the season ends, he's going to be playing in pickup games uh, with Carmelo Anthony wearing a hoodie, right? So, like, he's going to play basketball games regardless. Now, obviously, the pressure in a pickup game with Carmelo Anthony yeah. wearing a hoodie is and J, and J. Cole is different yeah. than playing in the NBA playoffs, but... I feel Durant's like I could play be, in that game, Mike. I feel like I, I'd be in shape for that. The, I've always, the, you know, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about like I could. I pretty, I'm pretty sure I could body up some dudes. It's time. day nine, no smoking cigarettes for me, so I am <laughs> basically in game shape <laughs> at this point. I'm just, so. I, I just think people need to realize like what's, if the guy's healthy, he's healthy, and this is a person whose whole life been based around basketball. He's most likely going to want to play basketball. He's always been a guy who's played in. He's not a load management person like Kawhi Leonard he likes to play a lot of games um he he his whole sort of life has just been centered around this that's not going to change just because he got hurt in the NBA finals you know there's a small percent chance that he he came to some realization that like he shouldn't uh push himself all the time but you know he's gonna play basketball if he's healthy and I think that Kenny Atkinson quote pretty much is like giving a big blinking red light that says, hey, guys, just put this on your radar. Uh, Kevin Durant may be playing basketball at uh, some point this season. Well, let's think about it with this extra little bit of context, too. Your boy Kyrie Irving potentially coming back in a week. Does that not suggest – I mean, like, not that there's there's a, a certain tinfoil hat contingency or who are saying, like, shut Kyrie down for the season and tank and so on and so forth and – 
does this maybe shine a, a different light on that whole narrative? I mean, obviously, like, that's a, a fringe thought, but um, you don't rush Kyrie back if this is rushing. This probably isn't rushing, but I guess what I would have to guess what is, is happening is here. They took their time to see if they could keep the lights on and, you know, Garrett Temple and Torian Prince, surprise, surprise, can't keep the lights on <laughs> with Spencer Dinwiddie playing out of his mind even. Um, and uh, so they're like, okay, let's let's get him back in here. Um, not rushing back, just, you know, it's still been a very cautious timeline, clearly. But um, it, there wasn't any real urgency until we've dropped seven games in a row. Does that, I mean, is that a crazy take? No, and I think, so this isn't, Kyrie spoke about this himself where it's it's so strange how, what was it, the press conference was Sunday, the first time that he talked, right? And today's Thursday. And the press conference Sunday, I remember coming out of that, or not that I was in it, but remember listening to it and thinking, Kyrie may be done for the season. That he doesn't know when his shoulder will feel healthy and that surgery was still on the table. Okay, now we fast forward to today when we're recording this on Thursday. And Kyrie says that, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to reevaluate my shoulder tomorrow, see how it feels tomorrow. Then I'll go Saturday, probably another practice. Uh, he had contact in this practice, which I think is the first time that we've officially declared him having contact in a practice. Though, again, it's basketball. It's not football. So it's like, I don't really, I'm not sure what the big difference mm. would be. But then he said, this is, this is kind of the key quote of when Kyrie is going to come back, which is hopefully I get some game reps in addition to practice, probably in the next week or so. It could be less than that, but I'll give myself a week. So it's like very optimistic, you know, and, and Kyrie wouldn't have gone to Aaron Harris, Nets PR, and said, hey, put me back out there because there's been a lot of, because he understands, he's heard the talk. It's been all on all the ESPN shows about how the Nets are this train wreck now because Kyrie is a part of the team and they're lying about medical prognosis. And we talked about that in our pod, but Kyrie wouldn't have put himself back out there in front of the media because he didn't have to unless if he truly felt positive about the cortisone shot and about how his shoulder's feeling, um, he was excited to share this update with the media. He was excited to talk about his medical condition with the media. So he's he's going to come back. The, the whole, like, he should be shut down and take surgery, I think is only a reaction to what happened on Sunday. And people still need to catch up to what's happening today, which is Kyrie's being very positive and saying good things about his shoulder. Um, they need Kyrie Irving so badly. Oh my gosh. Well, if nothing else, it was a shot of cortisone to the fandom of the Brooklyn Nets. You know, <laughs> that's, what do you think? Did I do it? Did I put tie it together? I don't know. Um, that was perfect. By the <laughs> way, just so we're tracking this, the Nets are the eighth seed right now. They're, they're two wins behind the magic. <laughs> the Nets are 16 and 20. The next, the next team behind them are the Hornets, who are who have fifteen wins, but they have five more losses. Crazy. Um, the Nets have, and the Nets are had just been through their worst stretch of the season so far, and they're still the eighth seed at sixteen and twenty. It's not going to take all that much for the Nets to get into the playoffs this season, especially with Kyrie Irving coming back. You figure Kyrie's going to swing some games particularly because the Nets continue to lose games that go into overtime. Gosh, that, mm. oh God, I can't, if I see OT next to the Nets anymore, I can't, I'm going to lose it. It's going to, it's horrible. So, but the Nets have lost seven in a row and they're still the eighth seed right now. So mm. if Kyrie comes back and they play basketball, they're not going to overtake the Pacers who are the sixth seed. But if you get to the seventh seed 
and that puts you on a collision course to the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics or the Toronto Raptors or the 76ers, but I hope the 76ers continue not to be that good at basketball. Um, those are teams that you could beat with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You're ready to see that 7-2 matchup potentially on Friday night, Mike. Um, that is true. Miami Heat coming to town. Uh, too bad to Kyrie's not. Going too to bad um, do you really want me to look? Well, I, I have to care. look. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> I think it's, I think the Heat are coming to town. Um, what, so let's look at the net schedule real quick, just so we can like be. So okay. the, net, the, the Heat are the coming screen. to town. Um, so then they play the Hawks on Sunday, six p.m. A game that no one will watch because there's uh, pro. No football. one except for Trebois said something. Who said I'm going Sunday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Adam said. Um, and then there's another home game on Tuesday against the Jazz. So if Kyrie says he's going to give himself a week, he there are potentially four games. Well, there are four games between now and the next Thursday. Um, does he miss all those games? That would still stink that he would miss four more games. But he would come back for a home game Saturday night against the Bucks, and he'd be there for the Martin Luther King Monday against. Uh, the Sixers, another home Philly. game. That that seems reasonable to come back against the Bucks for a Saturday night game at home. But the way he's talking, like he's going to come back, maybe even for that road game against the 76ers, we'll see. I mean, the Nets have like such an intriguing schedule with Sixers, Bucks, Sixers, Lakers. Uh, it's pretty tasty. But are you are you receiving this news? As celebratory as I am, Brian, does it feel like I don't know that back on anybody track? is is quite as celebratory as you are. You you are on the <laughs> far end of the. <laughs> I mean, you're crunk. I think you may actually be have been drinking before this podcast. Uh. Um, it is four on a weekday. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, I'm fired up. I I have a problem with showing enthusiasm in general as uh, just part of my sure. my general demeanor. But I'm I'm gassed. Make no mistakes, Mike. Fired up. Can I can I ask you something? So, when Kyrie is back, what is he? What impact is he going to have the team? Meaning, like, do you think we're going to feel a lot better about the Nets, or do you think it's still going to be awkward and we're going to be reminded of what it was like when the season began, which was a team that scored a lot of points, but they were really bad defensively and they didn't win that many games. So, are do you think he's going to provide that immediate jolt? No, I don't. And that's going to be interesting. I mean, like, like so, and people in, in chat are talking about, we should be celebrating the fact that Levert came back and looks good. And this will kind of overshadow that to a certain extent. Like last season when it was D'Lo went down, then Levert went down um, there. It was so truncated um, that you get to like really highlight. It was like each of their different, and Spencer had like his like moment where he was, carrying the load so everyone had like an individual all of our primary ball handler bros had moments to shine Levert is probably not going to get that like his just moment to shine you know like he Spencer could use it maybe if, if Kyrie does take the full week to be out like he can get his mojo going and get like really back into playing like full full starter minutes and and be the the cheer boy that we all want him to be um but yeah, so my concern is basically that like already we're going to be thrusting the same like batch of semi new ingredients into the into the same pot together, and it's going to take a little bit of time for that to congeal into something tasty. 
um, IMO. You know, that's just one man's opinion, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's not like you know, it's it's a it's something that needs to happen. So I'm not you know I'm not losing sleep over it. Yeah, and it's like so. The part of the thing is is that if Kyrie does not play, like let's say Kyrie was out for another three weeks. The Nets would probably lose pretty much all their games until they, they play this part of the schedule where it's like they play the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Pistons, right? So, like, they'd be losing these games anyways without Kyrie for the most part. And, yes, it'll be more awkward when he comes back just because they're going to have to readjust and all that fun stuff that you have to do when you insert a player like Kyrie Irving back into your lineup. But as awkward as it may be, it'll be better. Like, the team will be better. You know, to think about that, they've had to rely on Garrett Temple so much. And that pre-David Nwaba injury, David Nwaba was someone that they relied on a ton. Um, Now, we're going to get to see a Nets team, as awkward as it may be, that will rely on Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Karis LeVert, and Joe Harris, and either Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan and Torian Prince will maybe feel a little bit less pressure. Though I don't know if Torian Prince feels pressure. Per se, I think he shoots his shots no matter what is going on in the world. He could be surrounded by a typhoon, and he will continue I, to shoot eight threes I think, a game. I think he low-key feels a bunch of pressure. Really? I feel like when he, he started – what game was it? It was maybe the last game of the game before. Um, when he like started off the, the first half hot um, – could have been the Thunder game. Can't remember. But there was like, you know, he hit his first four shots or whatever. And there was like a little bit of a like, you know, like if your dad stubs your toe or something. And there's that that release um, that you just you're not used to seeing, <laughs> you know, if you have a if you have a, a stoic dad, like, you know, many of us of our generation had. Um, <laughs> that seems very specific about a dad. Stubbing my, fa- my father. Their toe. No, I'm just or like I'm trying to think of like a. <laughs> A person who's you're just not used to like seeing any like real emotional response from, and he just did like a sh- a shudder of like like ah oh, like finally thank God. Um, so I think it's pent up, it's in there. He buries it down, and you know I I hope that that's not a problem for him that it's not like you know growing a tumor from it because that's dangerous. When you stuff those feelings down, that's dangerous stuff, Mike. Yeah, and and I think <laughs> part of the reason why the anxiety yeah, is so yeah. high in the NBA is that the three point <laughs> shot is such a high anxiety singular play that it's true that's it is that is such a funny thing i wonder if there's like a need for the you know sports psychologists to adapt to specifically like three-point shooters like that as you know or like do do long snappers have like a different kind of psychotherapy <laughs> like, that's i'd be really like, interested we should get a long a sports therapist kickers, on here. yeah yeah punters. just like <laughs> yeah we should bring one on or like eventually. left-handed relievers in baseball like uh sluggos I think that's what the term is or whatever. But, like, it's like so many guys in the NBA now's entire career is based around three-point percentage that if your three-point percentage is 37%, you're going to get a $5 million contract or whatever it may be. But if it goes down to 32, you may not be playing in the NBA, but depending on what type of player it is. And, like, Torian Prince, obviously he got his money, so that's not necessarily the issue. But, like, Alan Crabb before him – there is an element of it like if you're not hitting your three-point shots, you're really just not doing all that much. Prince does more than what Crab did. Prince at least rebounds some and can create off the dribble a little bit. But um, it is funny that like that is such a high-anxiety play. It is just like the ball comes to you, and most guys who are shooting a three-point shot know that like for three seconds ahead of time that they're likely going to be the one taking that shot. Like They have a sense of whether it's the curl-off J.J. Redick-type play or if they're open in the corner and they can already see like 
Damian Lillard getting around a pick and roll, drawing defenders away, and they're just sitting there in the corner like, oh, shit, I'm going to be the one that's to shoot this shot. Now, not everyone thinks that way. There are others who, like, are very happy to shoot their shot. But, um, by the way, I'm looking at Karis LeVert's numbers over his career. (laughs) One that's interesting is I think he's, like, basically the age of Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond's one year older, and that feels crazy because it feels like Drummond has been in the league for 10 years and Karis LeVert's been in for four, but they're only a year apart. But look, take if you go, anyone who's listening, go to uh, Basketball Reference, look at Carousel Vort's numbers. It is a wee bit concerning. Um, he's taking a lot more shots. So obviously your efficiency can go down when you're taking a lot more shots. But this season, his two-point percentage had been low and his free throw percentage had been low. And his three-point percentage, though, is up way higher than it's ever been in his career, though that really only comes to like a few more makes over the season. It bears just watching how he does over the next... 10 games just because we we would want to see Karras continue to ascend to a higher level um I hope that basically he needs to be healthy for the whole rest of the season to get like a full his full legs under him fully comfortable because he just really hasn't had that season just hasn't happened for him yet um mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he does play next dispenser and you know that so you probably didn't see this but in the Kyrie Irving press conference it was about it wasn't a press conference it was a scrum as we call it in the media biz, which is someone stands up in front of a background and reporters are huddled all around them. Um, Kyrie was asked specifically about coming back with Spencer. Like, how are you going to handle, you know, Spencer's done so well and all this stuff. And Kyrie was very uh, laudatory, I think is the word, of Spencer and how well he's played. <laughs> it's actually laudacious, I think, is oh, what it is. Laudacious. Um, <laughs> um, and... Kyrie Sorry. even even said laudacious. I was just thinking of like that'd be a great like it seems like a rapper in the early nineties mm. yeah. uh, that had like a, like a purple font laudacious. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> sorry the but but he even Kyrie was like you know hopefully when I you know when we're back to full strength we can release the pressure off of Spencer so he doesn't feel like he has to do everything and I think the pressure's been wearing wearing down on Dinwiddie. I mean Dinwiddie had he had zero points for about the longest time in the game on what was it Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was against the magic. Um, uh, Mike, your yes, boy, SGG 94 in the chat says looking at his stats, a very high percentage of his shots. This is cares. Um, have been unassisted, Michael, this will change and his percentages will go up when they get more talent. Irving slash Durant. He's been forced to create for himself. That is true. You just that got dunked on bro. But also that was in those unassisted. That was a symptom of the awful dueling banjos, I guess we'll call it early in the season. (laughs) Sure. When there was no flow to the offense beyond like Kyrie being spectacular. And then if when Kyrie wasn't spectacular, it was like on everyone else to do their own thing. Obviously, has that been dueling? Has that been used in the media before? Did you get that or did you just pull out dueling banjos right now? That is a real thing. That is a so, real cliche. That is that is overused. A cliche? I've never heard that. Dueling banjos. I'm not sure what it's from. Maybe from Deliverance. Isn't there dueling banjos in Deliverance? Well, I know. I mean, that's a thing. I'm just saying it hasn't been used <laughs> to describe a like like a Harden Westbrook duo or something. Right. It was a very yeah. popular phrase during the LeBron Dwayne Wade Heat teams. Okay. Very Let's popular, see. meaning like three people used it. But yeah, it was like that is the 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 what you may use to describe a team where two guys are consistently just. We get it. I'm just saying. We get it. Yeah. 
So anyway, sorry. Did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Jokes are funnier. No. I don't, I don't know why I'm so like monologue today. I'm just No, you're fired up, dude. I love it. You're you're moist. I mean, you are on I'm getting heat waves through the screen right now. Things are um, It's also cuz I can't see you. The setup, I don't know if people know. The setup, I don't I can't see Brian, so I feel like I'm just talking into my computer monitor. I'm just staring yeah. at it blankly and like then I hear Brian's voice come in on the headphones and just I um, like it that way. It's it feels like I'm just moderating a conversation <laughs> of you. I may not even yeah. be having a podcast right now. I may be just going insane. And just you were yeah. the voice inside my head. Wake up, Michael. Wake up. Come back to us, Michael. Can I uh, shift gears for a second? Yeah. Okay, two things. So fun thing was with Kevin Durant. And we're actually, I'll probably have eight more Kevin Durant thoughts by the end of this. But Durant was um, very active on Twitter over the past 24 hours. He was getting in people's mentions. He was getting in fights with radio hosts and Knicks fans and kind of going all over the place. And it was super fun to see. He made a fun little joke about someone said, Kevin, you probably should get on one of your burners. And Durant said, I do have a new burner and I'm using it way better than I had before, which is funny. <laughs> I like that really- there's that he's like, I've taken all of what I've known about burner accounts and now I'm at like my maximum power level <laughs> <of> burner. <laughs> I'm just of shit posting on Twitter. It's really good. And so, yeah. but the one big fight he got into was with Brandon Tyranny, who I think works at CBS Sports Radio. And I'm I'm not, I don't mean to come down on Mr. Tyranny. And obviously, I'm going to defend Kevin Durant, but Mr. Tyranny's beef with Kevin Durant, and this is this is really he is a symbol of overall Knicks fandom, is that um, this is what Tyranny said: nothing but respect for your game, but the reality is simple. The Mecca had your name all over it, speaking about Durant, and you passed up the shot. I'm from BK; it's in my blood. But NYC is all about the Knicks, and will forever be. At least Carmelo Anthony got in the batter's box, took a swing, and it's like. What, what is this Knicks fans obsession with like that? The Mecca is the final stage of a, the, the Mecca. I can't believe I even said that MSG is the final stage of some video game. And that if you don't beat it, that if you can't conquer New York city via MSG, that you, that you, then you're a failure of some kind that, that it's inconceivable for anyone to want to go to Brooklyn, a better organization with better talent and, inconceivable that anyone would want to do that how could they pass up this gem the the most world's most famous arena msg which is average average arena brian not that great it's okay it's on and its existence its existence is the reason why penn station is so horrible because we refuse to tell james dolan probably because we can't make a move but we tell james only we can't make a move away from Penn Station. So Penn Station continues to be a rat maze. Um, <laughs> all because of... And when you get when you go to MSG, you have to go up these... You have to go up 18 escalators to ever even get to the first level of of the arena. And then when you get there, it's cramped. They have, they have the worst marble floors. Um, the food isn't good. It's expensive. You can never get into the arena. Um, wow. It's overrated overrated and but like what is this knicks fandom that it's like you must pass through the flames and the fire of of being a nick and then you have to bring us this championship that we haven't had in now over what 40 years 60 call it i don't know who cares too long oh, my gosh I mean, not like, long enough plenty i long. don't even know uh it's like i just 
I don't. I, maybe because I didn't grow up around Knicks fans that I don't. You understand this probably better than I do. But it's just I, like, you can see my my steely resolve here. I'm letting this all wash over me. This is you're echoing. You know, a feeling I used to have when I was 14. When like, when, when it was way worse. Like when you're. I mean. I mean, I'm not that old, but like when I was in, in 1995, it was 1964, <laughs> in 1990s, 1998. Oh my gosh. These are bad years. I mean, a lot of the New Jersey kids made a terrible decision back then to root for the Knicks because they thought it was cool. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I don't begrudge them because they were children. They had children brains and they made a terrible decision. So they're, <laughs> they're locked into it, <laughs> but you know, grown men, uh, like Mr. Tierney, you know, um, th- they don't have a child's brain um, anymore and they can reverse their course um, if they wanted to. And I think everyone should. If you're a Knicks fan, you should probably reverse course because they're not doing anything for you. You know, James Dillon doesn't have your best interest at heart. Okay, Mike? Just jo- like it, it just is the whole. Just join the Borg. Just join the, the, the Borg, well, the Borg it, race. It's just this <laughs> like it, it'll never go away. Like Kevin Durant may win three championships with the Nets. And it will still be seen as, like, he chose the easier path. And I still get back to the whole point of, like, what's wrong with choosing the easier path? Now, like, I understand being um, being critical of his decision to go to the Warriors because they, that was his rival at the time. And, you know, I, you could you use that move to declare that he's just trying to chase rings on that level. I didn't agree. I don't agree with that take, but that's a take I understand you can have. But like the take of like, you must go to the Knicks because there's such a bad situation. There's such a dumpster fire that if you win, you'd become a legend. It's like, I don't know. Just why not also what you, your life is as a basketball player is pretty short. Why not spend those years in as good of a situation as you possibly can? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is great. This feels like a real sports show. Like, I feel like I'm really on, like, I'm doing a sports show. For, like, we're, normally we're like, he's he, yelling like, at you. Hem and haw about, like, like oh, I don't know. Like, let's mm, let's think about this. And now she's like, no, suck it, Knicks. <laughs> that feels good. This, <laughs> I, I've often said that, like, I think that it's important if you're like a pretty, like, serious fan of a, of a thing that's as niche as being like a Brooklyn Nets fan, or, you know, that's those days are maybe that, that could change in the not too distant future. But um, it's important to have a team that you root for beyond everything else and then also alternatively the dark side of the forest a team you root against above and beyond everybody and it makes a lot of sense for that to be the knicks and they just you know they help push people in that direction and their fans help push push people in that direction this level of entitlement you don't see any other like group of fans maybe except for lakers and they're obviously a little bit more justified in that line of thinking that's just like you should have been here you blew it that was your mistake where do you ever (laughs) see that (laughs) you never see it. it um so that's it. The only other piece they had was about Jared Dudley because Jared Dudley, I guess, has done a few interviews uh, lately. I think he did one with SNY. He did one with Daily News with Stefan Bondi, and it was about the about what he how he views the Nets now. And he just talks about how, of course, the culture is going to change by bringing in Durant and Kyrie. No big deal. But then he's like, he seems really obsessed about Rodion's Karuts, like not playing well. Like he's brought up in a couple of interview interviews and is like, I need Rodion to get back to where he was, which I agree with. Uh, but there's an interesting line in here. Where, this is from Jared Dudley. He says, if you develop those guys, those guys are trade partners, meaning Jared Allen and Rody. These are guys you can eventually use in a trade, I guess, is what he's trying to say, <laughs> which is like Dud, Yeah, Jared. trying out his, his GM chops. Jared, in the, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> this feels like over the line. You just played yeah. with those guys last he's, like five months ago. He's just, just like he's just practicing for that up. Ainge that Ainge gig. That's that's gonna be him. Back it up, Jared. Um 
That's it. Can I can I finish one more thought on Kevin Durant? Uh, you can finish ten more thoughts. I mean, where where do I got to be? Um, I really, I, again, I know. So I've, my emotions have come down. I'm, I was so excited. Yeah, you seem like you're now. You're <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you just called, took a quaalude. <laughs> I called. I called Brian because um, I was like, we have to pod, and he didn't pick up the first time. So then when he called me back, I barely even let it ring the first, like a ba- yeah. like the, the quickest of rings. I picked it up immediately. I was like, we got a pod. Um, yeah. He was out of breath when I, when I the first he was breathless. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's because we've been led to believe that Kevin Durant was not going to come back. That the initial messaging once the Nets got Durant was like, you know, I'll never, I'll never pass anything by Durant because he's such a hard worker. And then they immediately backed up because they probably were like, uh, we probably should have put that pressure on him because that this thing is going to be happening all season. So let's just all back up and say we do not expect him to come back this season. We are ruling him out for the season. Getting this quote from Kenny Atkinson, which I'm sure tomorrow he will clean up. I'm sure Aaron, Aaron Harris, will get in his ear and say, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said all that you said. You should back that up and just say, we still think Kevin Durant will not play this season. You should no longer comment in such a colorful way about KD's comeback. Kind of the reason why he had to was, again, was that reporters were seeing him do workout, do this workout. And that apparently was looking amazing. As good as Jan Gian Leon's workout against a chair. So <laughs> the, mus- the muscle devil? Yeah, the muscle devil. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, the quote, the quote again from Kenny Atkinson is that Kevin Durant is progressing fantastically. And Kenny's been talking to Kevin Durant. He's been talking to the performance team. Seen him do his exercises. He says, quote, he's moving a lot better, moving a lot more. I don't want to get ahead of myself and get people mad at me for giving you more than that. The you don't we have a long enough to go in the season that even if he only has small incremental improvements, which is what happens as you're coming back from Achilles injury, it it's not immediate there's actually a point which he's already passed that i think it's like the four to five month mark he would have just have passed it where you plateau in your recovery particularly for athletes who are used to consistently being in peak physical form in an achilles you actually can walk immediately after the surgery if you want to you may wear a little boot you may wear a little sleeve in your shoe but you can walk um but you do plateau at like month five i've been told by my medical sources. Um, the fact that we're now, so it's January and he was injured in June. So we're past that plateau point or he's continuing to be in the plateau point. But the fact that he's moving better and moving fantastically well means that it's progressing again, as Kenny would say, fantastically. And if that's the case, and we know that most people have come back from this injury within 10 months, maybe a year, but within 10 months, it's very possible that Kevin Durant will be playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets this season. And wow. if that's the case, they'd be good at basketball. Party time. Mike. Woo! Shall we Shall we sign her off? Should we Did you did you I mean you feel did you feel like you got it all off your chest? I felt like I got it all off my chest. And I'm going right. to re- I'm going to repeat everything I just said like every podcast. There's always Twitter if you feel like you missed something. That's there for you. <laughs> um <laughs> Brian, thank you for listening today. Hey, um, thanks for having me on. Thanks for everybody who joined us live. We're going to be, like we always say, we're going to be doing it a lot more. So pop in. Um, Mike, iTunes ratings, do we want them and need them and have to have them? We actually, we really need them. This is, this is a a plea. 
We, we <laughs> yeah, need things iTunes are ratings. No, uh, it would be great if you guys could do that. Um, again, whenever we have an advertiser, buy all the products. You know, just buy them all. Um, I, <laughs> download these us are, on every platform. Impassioned plugs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get 18 athletic subscriptions. Download us on every platform. Just That would really help us. It would be really great if you guys could do that. Thank you. Good. Good stuff, Mike. Um, all right, everybody. Um, take care. Bye-bye, Mike. Get us out. <laughs> Sonic